Hallelujah. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. It's a place where the tribes go up. What does that mean? Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. We are in a beautiful season. God is doing a new work. It is a new thing. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Put up Psalm 122 for me. Thank you, Jesus. I have got more notes than time. Glory be to Jesus. Psalm 122. I was glad when they said to me, are you glad? That mask is not helping at all. I can't see it even. At least do that with your eyes or something. Let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates. Jerusalem is built as a city which is, that is compact. Where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to the testimony of Israel. To do what? To give thanks to the name of the Lord. This is a place, anytime you go to the place, Jerusalem was set aside by God, so that in that place, doesn't matter where you are as a king, in times of sacrifices and the festivals that had to be celebrated, they had to go to Jerusalem. They had to put aside their agenda and they had to go to the house of God. And it cost them. It was a sacrifice. They never went empty-handed. It is a place that they went, but they knew it's a place where the tribes go up. That means every time you are connected online and not just taking the service as a, no, this is church time. You brushed your teeth. You woke up, you sat up, you prepared yourself. I know some of you, because of distance, you cannot be here because you're ministering across the globe. But if you've come to the house and you're in this area, you get dressed up. Because you come into the temple, you come into the house of God. We're speaking about sacrifices this morning. It's a place when anytime you come to worship or bring your sacrifice, the end game is that you are elevated. It's a place where tribes go up. It's God's way of elevating His people. It's God's way of bringing you into your destiny and into your purpose. But I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. Is there anybody glad? Clap your hands and make some noise. Come on this morning. We want to thank the Lord for the church. We want to thank the Lord for His house. We want to thank the Lord that we can come back together again. We have been, uh, as pastors, dealing with the president. Uh, there were 60 of them that spoke this week on behalf of the churches, telling the president, 50% of whatever the church can accommodate. So if it accommodates, uh, we, can, we can seat 600. So we can have 300 people in service. And that's going to happen from, new, from, from, from Good Friday morning, this Passover weekend. I'm announcing it. I'm declaring it. I'm declaring it. We need the church to come back. I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing. We come with our minds and our worship and our gifts. Glory be to God. Let's get into the word this morning. 
Father, thank you for the anointing, your grace, and your favor. Thank you for all that you have done, for all that you're doing, and all that you are about to do. We give you all the praise and give you all the glory. As it makes sounds, you make sense, but we lean upon the grace and the anointing this morning to make the difference. Let people hear the voice behind my voice. Bless your people today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. We're in a season of speaking about a double defense. We are helping every one of us understand God's plan and purpose and how to come into it. Ecclesiastes 7 verse 12 is our foundational scripture. Friday morning I'll be with, the, with Pastor Dean out in um, El Dorado Park opening up the men's conference called the Real Men's Conference. For those that can connect online, I'll be sharing it online. For all the men, you should be clapping your hands, not the women. The men need the help. And all the women said, keep praying for us. Come on, keep praying for us. We need help. We need help. Because you see, men, your gift can bring down Goliath, but only the man on the inside of you can save you from Bathsheba. You better have your character sorted out. Your gift can open up the door, but only character will keep you in the room. It's time for the men to change. We need a double defense here. Somebody say amen. Amen. Wisdom, for wisdom is a defense, as money is a defense. You keep chasing after money, your your gift can make room for you. And it will make you plenty of money if you work on your gift. But if you have no wisdom, you're going to lose not just your gift, but your life. For wisdom is a defense, as money is a defense. But the excellence of knowledge is that wisdom gives life to those who have it. You weren't just supposed to get a business or a contract or know your gift or make money. There's money in your gift. I get it. But God's intention was never that you get your stuff and lose your life, lose your marriage, lose your life, lose your family, lose your health. It was never God's intention. Somebody say double defense. So God wants you to get the stuff, but he doesn't want the stuff to cause you to lose your life. Because when I come in and get my stuff with wisdom, i got a double defense. Because I get the stuff and I keep my life. Because wisdom is the only thing that can save you. We've discovered that there's wisdom that comes from above, there's wisdom that comes from from, from man. James chapter 3 says that. So there's two kinds of wisdom. The wisdom we're speaking about is not this world's wisdom, not the sharp people of your education system, the academia. We're not, that's not what we're speaking about because some of them are foolish. I mean, you've got to go to university to go and discover there's a male's toilet, female toilet, and somebody in between. Did your mother not teach you? Who's a boy? Who's a girl? Okay, let's move on. I'm just giving you a bit of wisdom. I mean, they've lost their minds. So you need wisdom. You need wisdom. The way we're getting wisdom from God, here's the process. Please put up the chart for me because God's raising up this church and God's people across the globe to lift up a standard because when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of God will raise up a standard. 
So God's raising up a new standard and it needs a different teaching and not just a different teaching, but fresh revelation for this next level. I mean, everybody wants the things, right? But you don't get the things. You, must, you need wisdom first so that you don't get the things and the things get you and messes you. So a double defense, when you're receiving the wisdom that comes from above, please look at the chart. The first thing that you're going to need is the cross. The Bible says that the cross is not just the power of God, it is the wisdom of God. The next thing that you need to understand, anybody that doesn't use the cross thinks that the cross is foolishness. The Bible speaks about that. There's a world that feels that it's, the cross is foolishness. But that's God's wisdom. And God will not let you get any of the things that he's got not using um, his wisdom. Because his wisdom means that I don't lose my life when I get my things. So the, the cross is first. And God processes everybody through his cross. That's why Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me. And I will make you. And many times when God blesses people, they take the blessing. And if God, if you're not following God and you're going your own way, you see how some people that they've got the business, but they stopped following Jesus and Jesus stops making them. It's when I follow him that he makes me. You've got the right to move away from him and he stops making you. Come on, you're going to have to dump that attitude when you come to Christ because he's making you. You're going to have to not just dump your, that, that attitude, you have to dump that low self-esteem. When you follow him, he makes sure that you're dumping the, the condemnation. He, he, there's many things that changes because you are following him. And as we follow him into the most holy place and even to in our development, there's things that changes in us. Because it's progressive sanctification. He moves you into your highest for him. He brings you into his, his, his best for your life. He makes you who you really are. I, I spend time with the four change students every, every fortnight. And this week's session, I reminded them. The purpose of for change is, in, is to introduce you to you. Because you don't know you. You don't know what you're capable of. You don't know what gift is on the inside of you. You don't know how mighty you are, how awesome you are. But if you don't follow Jesus, how can he make you? If you're going your own way, he says, follow me and I will make you. And so the cross is the way that you follow him. You take up your cross and you follow him. Sometimes my mind and, and my soulish realm where the enemy goes and tempts me and, and messes, trying to mess with the destiny... I can go to bed weeping over like I just want to quit. And wake up on a Sunday morning and the Spirit of God wakes me up and says, Now, is there another way? Is there another way? I mean, you've tried all the other ways. When you get to 58, you must have tried a different couple of paths, right? And you find out all of them were rabbit holes that the enemy sends you down. And you don't get into your destiny. And I... Dealing with my destiny and in the season, just crying out to God, what are you saying? And I'm hearing my mother sing. I want God's way to be my way as I journey year below. Come on, all the, the old school people. Come on, mom. For there is no other highway that a child of God should go, though the road be steep and rough, 
Where he leads me, it's enough. I want God's way to be my way every day. Let's talk about Jesus. He is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords Supreme through all eternity. The great I am, the way, the truth, the life, the door. Let's talk about Jesus more and more. Come on, clap your hands. That's, that's devotions early in the morning. That's time with the Lord in the morning because my mind wants to go somewhere else. But I need to follow what the Lord has got for my life. Come on, somebody. It's your soul that the enemy will say, take another route. But the wisdom of God says, let's go through the cross. I need to move on. The next thing you need to understand is connect and find your place in the house of God. You need to understand the value of the church. We're going to go there this morning because this is where we need to understand what God intended. The church is important. And then, of course, the kingdom and its understanding. And you need to get on Wednesday nights to understand faith. And, of course, then I begin to make decisions that is God-fearing because it's the fear of the Lord that's the beginning of wisdom. So my mind wants to go somewhere else. My body says, I don't want to see that person. My emotions are going crazy, but because I have the fear of the Lord, I got to put my feet standing at the house of God. So, we're getting into understanding the wisdom of God. So, Proverbs 8.15, by me kings reign and rulers decree justice. How do you reign? Not with your money, not with your gift. Through wisdom, godly wisdom. By me, princes, ruling nobles, and all judges of the earth. Anybody that doesn't have the wisdom of God that goes their own way, they're not really rulers, they're fools. I love those who love me, listen to wisdom speaking, and those who seek me diligently will find me. That means wisdom doesn't just rock up. The Bible says it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. But it's the glory of kings to search it out. And the reason why you come to church and why you study and why you see God's face and you want to know why there's no money. You want to know why this door is closed. You want to know why there's no breakthrough in your family area. You want to know why it's not working. You, you are king. And kings must search out the matter. And I'll prove it to you in scripture this morning. Riches and honor are with me, wisdom's telling you. Enduring riches and righteousness. And righteousness. My fruit is better than gold. Glory be to God. Yes, then fine gold. And my revenue, then choice silver. What wisdom is going to give you is going to be better than the gold and the silver you find. Next verse. I traverse, oh my word. I traverse the way of righteousness in the midst of the path of justice. What is traverse? It means to travel across or through. So when wisdom speaks to you, it lets you walk down a path of righteousness. It means I get to do what is right. 
It means that I don't go another road. I don't take what we call trespassing. I take shortcuts. Do not trespass here. We go the way of righteousness. We go God's way. I want God's way to be my way. I want God to speak to me even when I don't feel like it. If Jesus felt like that in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, Lord, if this cup can pass, is there another road I can take? Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Because I, wisdom, when you're going with wisdom, it traverse, I traverse the way of righteousness. Righteousness is a path. It's not just you seated with Christ and you were made righteous. When the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, it, it speaks about the way. It's a path that you travel down. It's not just that I'm the righteousness of God. Because I'm the righteousness of God, I have the grace and the anointing and the Spirit of God to lead me down a different path that no one else wants to go. How did we end up here? Not because I wanted to be here. Not because it was so just, I mean, I just rocked up here. It was in seasons when it was tough. And many of you are in values of decision. And you're going to have to make a decision to go God's way. You're going to have to make up your mind to traverse with wisdom because wisdom goes down the path, doesn't bypass the path of righteousness, doesn't do its own thing, doesn't go and do its, go its own way. Wisdom says, I travel across or I go through with what I need to go through. So order is not stiffness but placement. When I come into this place of wisdom and walking with wisdom, when God gives you order, and a message like this today, I'm telling you, it sounds heavy, but it's just to simplify your life. It's just to create the clarity inside of you. It's going to bless you tremendously. So, order is given to you to simplify, to simplify, simplify life. When God does this, He wants to bless you that the blessing comes with no toil. He wants the resources and the contract and your confidence and your knowing of who you are and what you've been called to do. The Bible speaks about you're going to move into a place of, I'll see you on Wednesday night, from believing to knowing. Your faith must get you to a place of where you know. Like you know, like you know, like you know, this is God's will. You need to walk down and saying, this is what God has got for my life and I'm okay with it. So when you're dealing with the book of of this trying to get understanding. We come into the scriptures so that everybody can come into understanding the power of what the end will look like. Let's just go to the end. The end is Revelation chapter 1. Let's go to the end of the book. What's the book of Revelation? It's not book of Revelations. It's the book of one revelation. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants. The book of Revelation is about one person. Now, if you pick up that, that you understand that who is Jesus, this is how he sees those that serve him at the end. Verse 4, please. Verse 4. You there? John to the seven churches which are in Asia. Grace to you and peace to him from who he is, from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. Listen to that. He is the ruler 
of the kings in the earth. He is the ruler of the kings in the earth. He is the ruler of the kings in the earth. Are you a, king of, a child of God? You need to understand the power of his kingdom and how he rules. He rules through his kings. If you're not part of his kingdom, you need to be. <laughs> you, need to, you need to get saved. But at the end of the day, the end game is that we're going to rule with him. So he is the king of kings, that he rules over kings, but he's also your high priest. He's seated on the throne as a king, but he's the sacrifice that was given. So he is both your priest, listen to what it says, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us, God loves you, and whom God loves, he corrects, and washed us from our sins in his own blood. And he has made us. He's not going to make you. You've already been made. What? Kings and priests. Here you must be careful to understand that he didn't make you a king or a priest. He made us both kings and priests. He's made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. You are not just a king. You are king and a priest. Kings are concerned about one thing, ruling. Priests are concerned about one thing, sacrifice. Those are the two words you must understand. But if you are both a king and a priest, what does it mean? Let me show you what God intended. Go with me to Exodus chapter 19. I'm picking up verse 3. And Moses went up to God. Now look at, God brings him out of bondage, out of Egypt. He brings him into the place called the wilderness. And in Mount Sinai, God meets with them, gives them an instruction. And all of that instruction is not about having dominion. It's not about ruling. It's not about how to go and take territory. In fact, that about territory was given before. God says, I'm bringing them out to take them in. I'm going to get them to rule in the land called Canaan. But the stopover is Sinai. And in Sinai, Moses spends 40 days with God, and God gives him an instruction and a model concerning priesthood. Not for kings. Just a priestly model. Moses went up to, the, to God, and the Lord called him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Kingdom Life Embassy and those across the globe. Tell the children of my kingdom, of Israel. Next verse. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. This is really powerful. God says, tell the people, I did not give them what I gave them to just Use what they have as their gifts to pretend like they're kings in the earth. He says, the first reason why I brought them out was to bring them to me. 
Now please write this down. You cannot approach God without a priest. You cannot make a sacrifice. God receives nothing except it comes through a priest. Pay attention this morning. Your life depends upon this word. Your breakthrough depends upon this word. Anytime you find God working to receive anything, He needs a priest and He needs a sacrifice. That's your secret. That's the secret. So he says, then raise an altar, create a tabernacle, create, raise an altar, put sacrifices on the altar, and I will meet with the high priest of the time. And he'll come into my presence, and he'll represent all the people to me, because God doesn't receive anything except there be a priest. I want that to settle inside of you. I need that to settle inside of you. That's the reason why when you pray, he says, ask the Father in whose name? In my name. That's why you pray in Jesus' name, because he was the sacrifice that was presented before the Father. A holy God needs a sacrifice. So when God begins to build them up, God says to Moses, he says, Moses, this tabernacle, is for the sacrifices of the people. Put the priests in place. Nobody's speaking about dominion. Nobody's speaking about grapes. Nobody's speaking about the giants in the promised land. Nobody's speaking about territory. Nobody's speaking about dominion. Nobody's speaking about rulership yet. He's talking about priesthood. Because God first. And His kingdom is first. And so He puts this together and He... He creates a tabernacle and God gives him the dimensions for this. And he says, when the sacrifice is on, on the mercy seat, um, you, you let the high priest come in there once a year. And when my presence and my glory falls, all the people get my favor. Then let them go and do what they can do and they'll always find victory. Because God is first. So God says, number one is that when you come, he says, Therefore, now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice, there's so much revelation here, I don't have time. Number one is to, you must obey God's voice. If you want to come into your destiny, you want to become all that God has called you to be. Number one, you follow His order and you follow His, His, His purpose. So number one, God called you to Himself. He saved you for Himself. That's why you present your body, Romans chapter 12 says. I, I beseech you, I beg you, I beg you. That's what Paul is saying. I beg you. That you present your body as a living sacrifice. You can't present yourself as a living sacrifice unless there's a priest inside of you. That's why he made you both kings and priests. So before you bring your gift, before you come and tell us how great you can sing, and before you can speak about how, how much money you've got, you need to come and bring you first. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your, your bodies a living sacrifice. It's not possible for you to come as a living sacrifice into the presence of God unless you understand, number one, Jesus. And number two, that you are priest of your home. Because God doesn't receive anything unless it comes from a priest. So he's got to make you a king and a priest unto your God. Your king is for rulership. Your priest is for sacrifice. But it's both inside of you. 
You told me, no, there's a special ministry for intercessory ministry, special people that just pray all the time. There's no such in the Bible. Everybody's a priest. Only priests can pray. That's why the only prayer God hears from a sinner, somebody who's not righteous, is the prayer of repentance. But when you get born again, you are not a sinner anymore. You are the righteousness of God. And it's the fervent prayer of the righteous that avails much. So now I can bring my prayers incense before the Lord in the morning because I'm a priest. I'm not running out in the world without praying first. I'm praying. I bring my prayer. I'm a priest. Because what is first? I delivered you and I brought you to myself. Go back to with me to Exodus chapter 19. I think it's verse 4 or 5. Now therefore, if you will oh, indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people. God wants to separate you above the world. You want, you're supposed to be, be living above the systems of this world. You're supposed to be living like no one else. You're supposed to have favor like no one else. But how is it that so many Christians, their lives don't look any different to somebody who is not born again? When you were supposed to be separate, you were supposed to have the kind of favor upon your life that when you open up your mouth and you call for things, money must come from everywhere. There must be an answer to your problem. You must have favor. You can't be standing in the same queue like everybody else. You must have preferential treatment. God must set, reset things because you are a special people. You are, they shall be a special treasure to me above all people. Can somebody shout that this morning? Above not just the system of this world, but above all people, oh let the department shut down, there's another door that God's opened for me oh let them fire everybody else oh no, they're going to start a special division just for me, oh come on somebody there's no more in the university oh no, you can't come to university the university is full oops, a spot just opened up for you, come on somebody because this is extraordinary you cannot be standing in the same queue. You cannot be waiting like everybody else. There's got to be special treatment. I need somebody to say, shh. Come on, give a good shout to the Lord this morning. Listen to what he says. If you follow me, your life will turn out different. Verse 6. And you, come on, read with me. And you shall be to me a what? A what? A kingdom of priests? A holy nation? These are the words you shall speak to the children of Israel. This is what you should tell the people at Kingdom Life Embassy. That you're no longer just a king. You, are, you belong to a kingdom of priests. If you have a city, like, let's take Silicon Valley. All your top companies, IT companies there. When you walk into Silicon Valley, you're going to find a certain kind of people in there. And anybody who doesn't understand what Google and Facebook is shouldn't be in that Silicon Valley. <laughs> Why? That's what we do here. 
And if, you don't, if you're not one of us, go. When he says, I've got a kingdom of priests, everybody else in his kingdom doesn't belong here. Because when you come in, we're only looking for a kingdom of priests. We're not looking for money. We're not looking for what your education gave you. We're looking for a kingdom of priests. That's what Revelation says. At the end of Revelation, we're going to end up with a kingdom of priests. Because he made them kings and priests. So in this place, we've only got king, a kingdom of priests. What is a kingdom got to do? A kingdom is, is, is where you'll find a throne, where you'll find a king that is ruling. But he says these people that are ruling are not just kings. They're priests. They don't just have gifts. They don't just run education centers. They don't just go and, and, and sit as CEOs in top companies. They're not just in education in universities. They are actual priests. I need to stop here. Is this, is this too much for you? Come on, man. Come respond. Because we are dealing with a kingdom of people who rule. That's what it means. To be a king means I rule and I reign. But you are marked as a priest. It's called a kingdom of priests. The primary purpose of redemption was to bring us to himself. Everything else is secondary. The primary purpose of redemption, when God saves you, he brings you to himself. That's, and God can't receive anything from anybody except they be a priest. Everything else is secondary. Now, you are not new on the scene. It's been over the decades, over the centuries, that people come into the kingdom of God, they take the blessing, the gift, and they ignore God, and they go and make money with what it is, and they live a life that's got nothing to do with the kingdom of God. Israel did it. People are doing it now. Because your first ministry is not your business. Your first ministry is to the Lord. Because you're a priest. In the New Testament, you bring your body unto God. And what comes out of that? Your first sacrifice you make is prayer. And let me say to you, Kings don't rule until they understand the priest. I'll give you scripture to back what I'm saying. First Peter chapter 2 verse 9. But you were chosen generation, a royal priesthood. This is who you are. So I'm calling forth, the Lord said the kings are here, call them forth. So I'm giving you your identity and I'm showing you how to come forth. You're a chosen generation, that's good to hear. But you're a royal priesthood. There's identity. That's kingship. That's domain. That means there's a domain I must rule over. But it's a royal priesthood. And what do priests do? You're a holy nation. His own special people. Why are you called that way? That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. 
Because no other, no priest can't do that. Ordinary people can't do it. We need a priest to stand and minister before the Lord. Who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who not have obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. So we are a kingdom of priests. What does, it, what does it imply? That we get to rule and reign, but not without gifts. Kings, I need to speak to you this morning. A kingdom is the king's domain. A place to rule and reign. The job of a king is to rule. What is the one specific thing that a priest has got to do? Bring sacrifice. So the thing on the inside of you is not just that you're gifted. The priest on the inside of you has been sitting down for, before COVID. Priests bring gifts. Priests raise an altar in your home. You're a priest of your home. You're a priest above all. You're supposed to be praying for your business. You're supposed to be praying for your children. You're first a priest in your home. Because you are both. He made you already. He made you righteous. So it's the fervent prayer of the righteous. You need to ask yourself, I see how you're doing so much out in the world. The question is, what are, what are you doing with the priestly anointing inside of you? Because we are a kingdom of priests. Okay. God receives no offering except it comes through a priest. Do you remember the first murder in the Bible? Came because of an offering. Genesis chapter 4, quickly. Let's go through the scripture quickly now. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she had conceived and bought Cain and said, I've acquired a man from the Lord. She had messed up and she said, well, because I had messed up, here's my sacrifice. She said, this was for the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought the firstborn of the... Listen, look, look at the difference. For me, I've not heard anybody else preach it. I'm telling you what I feel. And what, this, is, this is my revelation. He goes and fetches what the ground has grown. And he brings it to the Lord. This is my gift. Sacrifice to you, Lord. God doesn't receive it. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. Next verse. Verse 5. But he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. Listen to me about offerings and priesthood. You're a priest? Everybody agree? A priest is connected not with ruling and reigning. He's connected with sacrifice and altars. So that means you must bring your sacrifice. So anytime you bring your gift to the Lord and what your money has made, your gift has made, that God gave you the gift. The gift was for free. And you give God, you're tipping Him as leftovers. Let me tell you about sacrifice. Just because you gave God your sacrifice doesn't mean He received it. You were priest in your home. Not talking about men only, 
every one of us are kings and priests. Woman, it includes you. Because your body is a living sacrifice. Now I am bringing my gift to God. Now watch. The blood doesn't flow from your gift. The blood flows from your body. So when he brings his gift, here's some vegetables for the Lord. Just pass it to the church. You can shove it and you can keep it. Because when God, just because you're giving your, your worship, doesn't mean that God's receiving it. Because a priest is concerned with three things. One, of course, is the elevated place. Two is the fact that it's a sacrifice. And three is worship. So when Jesus shows up and speaks about worship, he's speaking to this woman that's at a well that has erected an altar to herself with different husbands. He says, Where's your, go and fetch your husband. He gives an introduction to her about what worship is about. He says, the Father's looking for such. That tells you, even in worship, just because we're singing, that it doesn't convert to worship. Because the Father's looking for those who will worship Him in spirit and in truth. That's why you can sing and it looks all wonderful. The question you have to ask when the altar is raised, did God receive our worship? Because He then comes and inhabits the praises of His people. You can't come the way you want to come. You can't not just come, don't present your body properly to the Lord, get dressed up, put on some smellies, look good, and prepare your gift. He's not after the fact that He gave you the gift, the gift's for free. He's dealing with you as a living sacrifice. You're a priest, are you? You guys are really quiet. He brought you to Himself. He, 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 you see, preaching is not my first thing. Being an apostle is not my first thing. My first love is Jesus. I want to know that what I'm doing pleases Him because He called me to Himself. I never came here for this. I came here because I love the Lord. Is there anybody with me this morning? That God is calling you back to your first love because He bore you on eagles means to bring you to Himself. You are a priest. You offer up your praise. You, you don't have to kill your body. Nobody asked you to do that. There's only one body that died for us. His name is Jesus and we are saved because of Him. But you must bring your body. You bring your body. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? And the Spirit of God dwells in you. Because you are a priest. And when you pray, you're coming in there because you say, Lord, tomorrow morning. You've got to go and, I'm telling you, some of you have got, you had a fire for God once upon a time. And you look into the fire of your prayer life and you walk with God. And it's just ashes. But God's calling us to clean out this thing. Come on, somebody. We're putting a fresh fire in all the priests in this place. They're going to have incense before the Lord. We're going to be worshiping the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We're going to come into our best for God. We're coming back. God's calling you back, priest. It's inside of you. Oh, I don't know how to pray. You better learn. Start with the Our Father. Because praying and fasting is like tying shoelaces. You must be taught, and you must be taught early. Otherwise, you're going to be tripping over your feet the whole time. You are a priest. How are you going to rule if you are not a, as a king, if you're not a priest? Because we're both kings and priests unto God. Now, my role is in the church, and making sure that I can govern things properly here. But yours is out in the marketplace. But we're both priests. 
I just spend time, more time praying and studying His Word and giving myself to the Word of God. Now let me say this to you. Some people take their gift. Look at Cain and Abel. Give this to the Lord. And they think that that makes them holy. Write this down. The sacrifice does not make the altar holy. The altar makes the sacrifice holy. You need to change your attitude and your mind towards the church and the way you see things. And who you are. You are a priest. So when you bring your gift to the Lord, you're bringing yourself to God. And you, your gift doesn't make you holy. Your gift will destroy you. You've got to bring your body and ask the Lord. That's why the Bible says, if you have anything in, in that, before you bring your gift to the altar, go and make right with your brother. Because he's dealing with your body and who you are before the Lord. So, God is looking for worship. Let me, let me just move past this. I want to say something that you need to just pause for a moment and think about what I'm saying. <sighs> Kings don't rule. Priests do. <laughs> it's not the king on the inside of you and your gift that makes you rule. It's the priest on the inside of you that makes you rule. So I give you scripture. Watch this. Joshua chapter 3 verse 1. Anytime God's going to do something, the priest inside of you has got to go first, not the king. You are both king and priest. But anytime you get into a new venture, a relationship, you need to ask the Holy Spirit, the, will the priest inside of you permit what you are doing? Your gift can take you anywhere. But the priest inside of me forbids me to go into certain doors. Because the priest is led by the Spirit of God. The priest inside of me, is the Holy Spirit comes and ministers to me and says, Son, you can't speak like that. Son, you can't do that anymore. That's not me bragging about my gift and how I sit on boards and I, and I make decisions and we're doing some amazing things. Dr. Winston, it's coming out now, uh, the new economy and what we're doing for Africa, Asia, and the Middle East. I head that up. It's my department for the Bill, Bill Winston Ministries Board. Man, I'm telling you my gift, I'm amazed what God does and the stuff that he brings together because of the anointing of God upon my life. It draws people and gifts that Dr. Winston this week in the boardroom is like, wow, okay. There's something on this boy. That's my gift. I'm ruling and reigning. The priest inside of me is my relationship with God. Is my prayer life. Your, the priest goes first. Because the priest decides whether we go now or whether we go later. The priest decides whether we marry this person or that person. The priest decides whether we're going to go on a holiday there. The priest decides when I come to a nightclub and the doors are open and everybody's calling me. I turn around at the door because I, the priest in me doesn't allow me to go there. 
The priest inside of me doesn't allow me to go and lay with anybody, move with anybody, say anything, mess up. The priest inside of me is the one that is holy, that brings sacrifices unto God. The priest inside of me says, I can't cheat on you. The priest inside of me says, I must ask for forgiveness. The priest inside of me says, I've got to go and do what is right. I've got to go and make right. The priest inside of me is calling me to live and take the path of righteousness. I traverse the path of righteousness. Are there any priests that will stand to their feet and say, Father, forgive me. Come on, child of God. In this moment, just take a moment to lift your hands and say, Father, need to help me this morning. The priest, I'm not done preaching. Joshua chapter 3 verse 1. Then Joshua rose early in the morning. They're about to cross into the promised land. And they set out from Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan and he and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they crossed over. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp and they commanded the people saying, when you see the Ark of the Covenant, when you see the presence of God, when you see the priests, because the priests go first, shout the priests go first. It says, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of your God and the priests. The Levites bearing it. The priest inside of you goes first. Then you shall set out from your place and go after it. You go after the priest inside of you. Yet there shall be a space between you and it. About 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it that you may know the way by which you must go. For you have not passed this way before. Many of you, you've not passed this way before. There's new businesses. There are new business opportunities. There are things that God wants to rule and reign in your life. But your gift doesn't go first. You don't go running and asking, well, can I come to this company and beg somebody and have to mess around with your destiny because you, your gift is, you know, this is what I know. No, you must know the Holy Spirit. Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders amongst you. Because the priest is leading. The priests are leading. Then Joshua spoke to the priest saying, take up the ark of the covenant, that's the presence of the Lord, and cross over the Jordan before the people. Before the people come. Send the priest first. So they took up the ark of the covenant and went before the people. Because the priest goes first. And the Lord said to Joshua, this day, I will begin to exalt you in the sight of Israel that they may know that I was with Moses as I was with Moses, I'll be with you. God will promote you. God will set you up. But because Joshua got the order right, God says, I'm going to bless you so much, people are going to know that I'm with you. You shall command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant saying, when you come into the edge of the water of the Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. The Jordan overflows its riverbanks during harvest. So Joshua said to the children of Israel, Come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, By this you shall know that the living God is among you. When the order is right, the glory falls. And that you will without fail drive out before you the Canaanites, Hebites, and so forth. Next verse. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over Be for you. Kings don't rule. Priests do. Kings don't rule. 
priests do. Because the priests go first. The only reason why the kings can cross over. Look at this. Next verse, 12. Now therefore take your, for yourselves 12 men of the tribes, one from every tribe, shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests. Not your feet. We need to have a right estimation of the kings in the church. You don't come first. Because the, rule, the earth does not rule because you are, he says he's, he's the ruler of all the kings of the earth. But he's the high priest. How are you going to rule without your priestly anointing? With no prayer. With no connection to the house of God. It shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off. There's certain stuff that's not happening for you at all because you've disconnected from the priest inside of you and even the priest in the house of God. Things aren't moving. Things, you say, ah, well, well, they put their feet in the water. It's like think of the next day. I'm late. They're all gone over. Let me also go and try. No wonder the kings are drowning. Because you got no priest. The priest goes first. Let me end. 1 Samuel 3, verse 36. Somebody needs to know how to suspend time. Two kings. Two kings. Go and study Saul. Go and study David. 1 Samuel chapter 31. It ends the end of Saul's life. And the battle, there was a long war, no, 1 Samuel chapter 3, 31 verse 3. 1 Samuel 31 verse 3. The battle became fierce, this is Saul, at the end of his life. 1 Samuel 31 verse 3. The battle became fierce against Saul, Saul's king, but God has removed it from because he wouldn't obey God. He's a king. He's King Saul. The battle becomes fierce. There's a fierce battle going on. And if you get this thing right, you're going to come through the season like never before. You're going to come through on top because God's going to separate you. The battle became fierce against Saul. The archers hit him and he was severely wounded by the archers. Then Saul said to his armor bearer, draw your sword and thrust me through with it. Lest these uncircumcised men come and thrust me through and abuse me. But his armor bearer would not, for he was greatly afraid. Therefore Saul took a sword and fell on it. No wisdom, because he wouldn't go and get in on the word. God's presence wasn't his priority. So that king falls on his sword. Kings, you will not fall on the sword of the word of God. The word of God must lead you. The Holy Spirit must lead you. You will not fall in the season. I need a good shout and an amen from this church. When his armor bearer saw him fall on the sword, he also fell on the sword. You rule as a king. When your life gets hit, it affects everybody else around you. King David, he is now made king. I need to rush because of time. Because kings can get battle weary. David, in his wisdom, the greatest king who ever lived, 2 Samuel chapter 6, when he gets anointed as king, David, the first thing he does, this man is ruling as a king with no presence of God. King Saul. No priests. He's making it up as he goes along. King David comes on the scene. The first thing he does, he says, go and find me the Ark of the Covenant. Go and find me the presence of God. 
That's first, that's second Samuel chapter six. Again, David gathered all the choice men of Israel, 30,000. And David rose and went with all the people who were with him from Baal Judah to, to bring up there the ark of the God, whose name is called by the name, the Lord of hosts, who dwells between the cherubim. And so they sat on the ark of God with a new cart and brought it out. And so David's going and, and David gets the, 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 he's got the order right because he needs the presence of God. But what he does is he puts us on a new cart and as he's traveling and the, the, the ark shakes and, and Uzzah puts his hand to it and Uzzah dies. Because you can't come up there and do your own thing. I don't care how much money you've got. The priests go first. David goes and leaves the, the Ark of the Covenant and he says, no, I, I, who, can, who can bring this up? Who can deal with the presence of the Lord? He's a king. Then he hears, he says, where he parked the Ark, Obed-Edom's house. He says, this house is flourishing. Yeah, the house wasn't flourishing because there was a gift in the house. The house was flourishing because of the presence of God. Because the priests go first. Then King David says, and go and fetch it, and let's do it God's way, and let's go and carry this thing the way he did. And the Bible says that as David carried it, the Bible said they, they, they made sacrifices and took six steps, paces, and then made sacrifices because priests understand sacrifice. He's a king, but the sacrifice goes first. The priest inside of us goes first. Because we are a kingdom, bring up the team, we are a kingdom of priests. And I want you this morning to have a look at your life. First Peter chapter 2 verse 5. Coming to him as a living stone. Verse 4. Coming to him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. Everybody say with me, you also... As living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. How do I do it? Through Jesus Christ. What's the first sacrifice that you bring? Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. Work with me, guys. I beseech you, I beg you therefore, brethren and sisterin, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Next week I'll teach on how to come in and rule as a king. But you come in as a priest. So you can rule as a king. Because how do you, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, number one, when you receive the mercy of God, how do I fulfill the purposes and will of God for my life? Number one, I receive His mercy. How do I go from the outer court to the most holy place? There's a progression in my gift of how God works with people to bring them to a place to rule. This week I just have to touch on the priest. I'm out of time. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. The first thing is you bring your body to God. Not your gift. Your gift is for rulership. Your body is for sacrifice because you priest first. We are a kingdom of priests. That you present your body as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Then you bring your mind, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove. So you move from what is good, look at the progression, acceptable, into perfect. 
the majority of Christians are living at the level of good. What is good? I'm saved. What is good? Oh, the blood. What is good? Oh, oh, I, I do go to church every now and again. Oh, what is good? Oh, I give a tithe. And they never live in what is acceptable. What is acceptable is where your gift manifests. Because I come in as a priest, but I pick up my gift. And then I rule and I reign. That's a weak amen from you. You might as well keep it. Thank you very much. If you're going to clap, give God a good hand clap. I mean, if you're going to clap, then really clap. Come on. That little clap was for me. Clap for Jesus. Clap for the one who's given his life. Who became a sacrifice. Whose blood was shed. That now you can stand before your father unashamed. You are washed in his blood. There's no condemnation. Because a priest is standing there. And he's praying for us. And he's holding us. And we too are priests. Presenting our bodies unto him. Our gifts don't come first. Lift your hands high and wide. You are priest unto the most high God. Lift your hand as a living sacrifice and say, Lord, I need you this morning. Come on, make right, priest. Make right with the Lord this morning. You are priest unto God. Lift your hands high and wide. Your lazy bones. Let your body lift your hands. Come on, church. COVID has done a work on people. Lazy, holding back. Present your body unto God this morning. Begin to shout unto God with a voice of triumph. I need somebody to praise the Lord this morning. Come on, I don't feel like it. It's got nothing to do with you. Make it a I don't feel like praying. Make it a sacrifice unto God. I don't have enough to give. Make it a sacrifice unto God. I don't have a shake in the level. Give it as a living sacrifice. I see you move. We're going to have the glory of God in this church. We're coming back. We're coming back to a holy place. I see you move. kingdom of priests kings don't rule priests do kings don't go first priests do 
A king's primary focus is rulership. The priest's primary focus is sacrifice. Ruling does not come first. Sacrifice comes first. The king does not make the altar holy. Your gift will not make the altar holy. The altar makes you holy. The altar is first. Rulership is second. The altar is about sacrifice, worship and elevation. God is calling us back to a place of order. I haven't even got into Melchizedek, the Old Testament, New Testament, where you fit in. As a child of God, you must change your attitude towards the church this morning, towards the kingdom of God, and take your prayer life with the Lord seriously. Many kings are falling by their wayside, and I'm telling you now, in the grip of Satan, he'll kill you, he'll destroy you. You need to bring your body, you need to change that attitude. You've got to fix your mind on God. Things above, not things on the earth. Bring not just your song. Bring all of your life. Bring your finances. Bring your gift. It was for the body of Christ. Anything else, God's not interested in it. You want Him to receive your worship. You want Him to receive your gift. You can't bring it the way you want to bring it. You bring it to the Lord in a way that's acceptable to Him. Acceptable to the Lord. We've sold people a story. Now I'm telling you, there's a place for people to get born again and the outer court, and it's perfect. There are priests for that. I have a message for the holy place. That means God is calling you out of coming to church every week to laying your life down and saying, Lord, my life belongs to you. Aren't you tired? Listen, the holy place had no light externally. The only light that they had was the, was the lamp. The golden lampstand. When you're in the outer court, you can look at the world and ask them what they think about you. And do I look nice? How do you like my selfie? There's no selfies in the holy place. Because you left selfie outside. This is by faith when I step into the holy place and I find out what my grace is and I serve it to the Lord. I'm not trying to impress people in the holy place. And the only way I get fed is by the bread, the fresh bread on the table. I need to end. I pray that the Lord help you. Father, for anybody who doesn't know you, I'm far from you. I know this is a word of correction and I know that you're drawing us back to you as priests to take our priestly roles seriously. And I'm asking for somebody that doesn't know you that they'll make right with you. For somebody that's far from you that you're the God of the second chance. This word whom you love, you correct and you're correcting us back into your presence. That your presence is our number one priority. That our love for you will grow stronger. For the prodigal that's so far from the, home, from the Lord, you need to come back home. You need to come back home. I'm telling you, the enemy will destroy you. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Life is found in him. You need to make right to the Lord. Come back. 
you lay your life down before the Lord. Lift your hands high to the Lord this morning. Say, I'm coming back with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind. I'm going to serve you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want you to give this morning. Priests understand sacrifice and giving. If you are struggling with your giving, you've got to ask about your priesthood. You don't have to manipulate anybody or beg anybody. The day that Jesus had an encounter with Zacchaeus, he was a thief. His heart shifted and he gave. Must God beg you to give? Then you need to go and pray. Because I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit will tell you what to do with your money because you're a priest first unto God. And a priest always makes sacrifices. Always. Always. It's not just singing songs. They make sacrifices. They bring their bodies. They bring their gift. They bring their talent. They bring their time. And they bring their treasure. And they present it before the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. Father, I pray for anybody and everybody that you are speaking to across the globe. That they need to make sacrifices. Giving of their resources. Holy Spirit, you will speak to everyone right now. You will speak to every heart right now. That you will confirm that they are priests that is hearing from you. And all gifts we bring to you as priests, so that your name be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for blessing your people in their giving. This is the priestly blessing I release upon you for this week. The Lord bless you and keep you. Cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. The favor of the Lord is all over you this week. I bless you today. I know that even as we're making the correction, God's going to do something supernatural with your life this week. And so that you can rule and reign as a king in this life. You are a kingdom of priests. The favor of the Lord is upon you across the globe. Everywhere as our partners and our friends have come to give and to share, we are ruling and reigning together. God loves you. We love you. We're building something significant for the season. And the kings are coming together. The priests are coming together. Everybody's playing their role. And God's going to be glorified through our gifts, our time, our treasure, and our talent. We love you. God bless you. Have an awesome week.